Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. If the God of the Bible really exists, I would go gladly to hell. And anybody happy to go to heaven to worship such a creature is morally bankrupt. It is because God's wrath is real that his mercy is relevant. Unless you have a real wrath, the biblical concepts of mercy and of grace are robbed of their meaning. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Let's do this. It's the Wretched Radio mail call delivery. <laughs> Every bag Q&A infotainment nationwide extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. It is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Freel. The mail is here! Ooh, this is Wretched Radio. Waiting for you! To send questions, comments, conundrums, or snarks, don't forget sermons, stories, articles, pretty much anything that you discover on the internet that is wretched, please send it to idea at wretched.org. All right. Well, we start with Mary Ellen, who says, Todd, could you cover the topic of deeper forgiveness? I'm wrestling with this, especially having forgiven my father and uncle. My father was in prison for the most of my life for my mom's death. Yeah. My uncle, I believe, is even more dangerous, so I haven't reached out to him. Do I need to maintain contact to prove I've truly forgiven? And can you forgive someone but still not want any contact? Well, that's that there there that's you you've really, Mary Ellen, identified all the nuances, sides, angles of forgiveness. There's transactional forgiveness, there's relational forgiveness, there's a judicial forgiveness. So there are there are components to this that need to be thought through with wisdom. And usually in situations like this, I would encourage you because they can be so painful and we can be so uh, affected by them that it's always good to have somebody walk alongside you in these decisions. Should you forgive them? And the answer is yes, even if they don't repent. It, we are still called upon to forgive as we have been forgiven. Now, if a transaction doesn't take place, the relationship is marred. And this is true in extreme and in minor situations. In your home, you've sinned, you know it, you don't repent. Or you've even been confronted, you don't repent. And let's just say it was putting the kitchen towel on, on the sink again, whatever. It's just a, it's a relational ding. And when it's a major wound and there is not a transaction of forgiveness, that relationship is marred until a transaction takes place. Now the question is, what is your heart like until that time? And the answer is, we're wanting to. We would love to if they need to show some change. If we're talking about an individual here, incidentally, who is not safe, you do not need to be in their orbit and potentially get harmed. You can stay away from them. And that doesn't mean that your heart is bitter. It just means you're being wise. So the Christian heart, and we need to recognize that sometimes this can take a little bit of time. Deep wounds are just that. And when there isn't repentance, 
when we don't see somebody making an effort, they are slower to heal. So we need to be patient with one another and perhaps even patient with yourself as you go about the business of asking the Lord to help you Give me a heart of forgiveness. Help me to be willing to so that if on the day that that happens, you're there, you're ready, and the relationship can be gradually restored. It doesn't need to be, okay, they said sorry. I guess I need to do Thanksgiving and Christmas. Maybe, maybe not. There is wisdom that needs to apply, which is why I would encourage you and these really, this is, this is what the body is about. This is what the local church is about, helping one another through these things. Because we're, we're, we're like Johnny Nash. We can't see clearly until the rain is gone. And in the meantime, we need one another to help us see what we perhaps can't. And I'm sorry for your dad and your uncle. That's, a, that's just a massive drag, and I'm sorry. I, I hope that you will not be unaware that this can affect your relationship with your heavenly father. It can. You might not be aware of it immediately, but if you got a really bad dad, it can it can be harder to understand that you do have a loving heavenly father who would never treat you that way. Never, ever, ever treat you, never leave you never forsake you. Lo, he is with you until the end of the age. So try, Mary Ellen, to work on making sure that your relationship with your loving Father in heaven isn't diminished because, well, you had kind of a stinker on earth. So uh, I've got another question in regards to this. Um, Looking at her specific situation, how do you reconcile what has happened with honoring your mother and father. That's, that, that's a, what does it mean to honor your father and mother? Or here's what I think. If I had to give a chart that had levels, what, what does it mean? I, I think at the very top, it's like, Mom, Dad, you're the greatest, amazing, thank you, here's a present, I bought you a new car. That's, that's like, whoa, that's like really extraordinary publicly praising, you're amazing, incredible, thank you so much. All right, there, there's, that isn't necessarily demanded of us because you might just have a bad set of parents. It does happen. And does that mean you that would be lying to say those things? I think at the bottom would be the bare minimum would be you don't say the opposite of those praiseworthy things. So... You, you don't unnecessarily carp about it with friends, tell people how terrible they are, blog about them. D- don't, don't do what Harry and Meghan did is what I'm trying to say. That they dishonored family with their behavior. So I think that that would be the minimum requirement. And depending on how extraordinarily bad they were, it would be anything from the bottom of just not dissing them uh, to praising them publicly. Now, could you, for instance, at their birthday, send them a card? Yeah, that would be that would be honoring them. But again, relationally, there is wisdom that is required because you don't want to be put in danger or you don't want to have somebody who has such a bad influence or is so emotionally harmful to you, to your spouse, to your kids, that sometimes you you have to keep them outside of the family gate. 
but you can honor them by not telling the kids you've got some rotten grandparents here. Boy, I wish I wish our grandparents were like those. That has to go, but it doesn't mean you need to salute them publicly. That you think that was yep. somewhat helpful? I think so. Yeah. It's a tough situation. You know what's going to be great? And so this is this is if you've wondered why did the Lord leave us here? I'm telling you these things they are hard, they are painful, they are real, but they are not without a purpose. They are not without a purpose. If you've got rotten parents, you have, believe it or not, an opportunity to grow in extraordinary ways. These types of people, they do require a great deal of love and patience, kindness, goodness, etc. And you can you can grow in those ways or you can be ground down by the parents that are just terrible. So there is an opportunity. And furthermore, doesn't it make you want to be with your heavenly father? never be treated like this. Relationships are always healthy on the new earth. Ah, there's, there's always something in everything. This is, this is the book that I'm writing right now. And I'm, I'm actually excited about it because it forces me to think through everything, everything in your day has an eternal opportunity. Because if you're doing everything for the same goal that God has for the universe, which is to bring glory to himself through the redemptive work of his son, you're doing important work. And the things that are happening to you are developing character. And so you say, wait a second. Okay, I can get that. The Lord gives me stinkers for parents to grow me in those areas. But what what about if I don't? All right then God will still be glorified because he still continued to love you even though you had a root of bitterness. No matter how you slice it, you are going to glorify God with every single thing that you do today, every single thing. Now, as Paul anticipated the Roman question, so do we get to keep on sinning? This is the very information that should cause you to want to grow, to not sin and go, Lord, I want these things because I know you want the better for me. I want comfort. I want peaceful thanksgivings. You want me to have an abounding patience where I still honor these stinkers for parents. You want me to learn how to be a better parent and not to repeat the mistakes of my fathers. You want better for me. Help me to see it so that I can participate in the program. Because here's the reality. You can either participate with him or not. He, he permits that. Either way, you're going to glorify him. Why not glorify him in the way that he wants to be glorified? Why not work with him knowing that his plans are always best? And we'll be praying for you, Mary Ellen. This is Wretched Radio. You're familiar with this sound. You're sitting in church. Your pastor is preaching. You have your John MacArthur Study Bible open. The pastor is reading the scripture. And all of a sudden you hear everybody in church turning the page because they all have the same MacArthur Study Bible. Why? Because it is so helpful to be able to read study notes underneath the verses to really grasp what God's Word is trying to teach. How would you 
like to share the joy of putting a John MacArthur Study Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines, they typically make about $12 to $15 per, not hour, per day. It's a luxury item, and it would be such a blessing, $25 a Bible, four Bibles, $100, or perhaps you could send a Bible to a brother or sister in the Philippines every single month. Would you please consider doing that to bring joy to our brothers and sisters? Wretched.org slash Bible. You know, what used to be a movie is now our sad reality. We're living in a world that's gone absolutely bonkers. So much so that six mads just aren't enough to describe it. Social media may be bombarding us left and right. Our Christian worldview may be under assault, but we have the dynamic duo of Todd Friel and Dr. Nathan Buznitz, and they're coming to the rescue with Wretched Worldview 2, tackling 22 of those pesky, thorny contemporary issues through a biblical lens, helping us to defend the biblical view on things like sexuality and gender, critical race theory, modesty and apparel, persecution, secular entertainment, environmentalism, 22 issues to be exact. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to wretched.org, grab your copy of Wretched Worldview 2. And hey, while you're there, snag that study guide too, because it's the perfect companion for navigating this mad, 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 mad world with wisdom and grace. Busy, busy, busy. Last year, Preborn Ministries provided over 92,000 ultrasounds, 54,000 babies were saved, 69 ultrasound machines were placed, 10,000 people responded to the gospel. Preborn Ministries, very busy, saving babies, saving souls. Would you please consider partnering with Preborn Ministries? $28 per ultrasound, five ultrasounds, $140. Yes, they are expensive, but they save lives. And Preborn Ministries uses good equipment with trained specialists, which is why the success rates are so staggeringly high at saving lives with preborn. Please consider supporting preborn at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Important dates in Christian history. 529 AD. Benedict of Nursia establishes his monastic order outside of Rome. His written code of conduct, called the Benedictine Rule, becomes the most influential guide for centuries of monasticism in the West. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. It doesn't matter if Jimmy interrupts again. I'm not turning this radio program around. This is Wretched Radio. I'm glad you interrupted because, quick, tell me somebody... Anybody that you know who is free from any sort of bad person. Anybody? No. I, I, I don't have a list. No. We all have them. We all experience it. And how we respond to it, it's, it requires participating with God. He, he wants to do something in this. He wants to do something with everything in your day. You've got a crummy job. You've got a lousy spouse. God isn't unaware. God has ordained this for you. And you say, wouldn't there have been a better way? And the answer is no, no. Who's going to do a better way than God? That's why when we study God, theology proper, 
We want to make sure that we do have transcendence in mind. We want the holy, holy, holy ringing in our ears. But hold on a second. God is good. God is able. God is faithful. Those are the three descriptors of God. I would take you again to Exodus 34. If ever there were a time where God would say, I'm done with y'all, it would have been when the children of Israel at the foot of Mount Sinai made a golden calf. While he's making a covenant, having delivered them, having endured their complaining and providing for all of their needs, they make a golden idol, even as he's telling Moses, no graven images. Wow! How does God describe himself? The Lord, the Lord, gracious, gracious, compassionate, rich in mercy, forgiving iniquities of generations, thousands upon thousands, forgiveness of sins, trespasses, guilt, all. Wow! That's who he is. We got to remember that when we go through those hard times, because then you can receive them. It doesn't mean that they aren't hard, but you can receive them knowing that they came from the one who knows and does what is best for you. And what would be best for us? would be that you send questions, comments, conundrum snarks to idea at wretched.org. I'm not apologizing for that segue, Jimmy. <laughs> Don't. I probably should, actually. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. Well, our next question comes from Catherine, who's looking for your advice. She says, Todd, I'm a newer Christian dealing with OCD and social anxiety. Mm-hmm. I always make it to church services, but the anxiety can be so intense sometimes that I dart out to my car as soon as the service is over. Yep. And that keeps me from building relationships with other believers in the body. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm all alone. As a single person living alone, it's really discouraging. Yeah. Well, you're not. And that body is waiting for you. They, they want you there. There's nobody at that church that doesn't want to see you on Sunday morning. They want you there. And so does the Lord. So how do you overcome those social anxieties? I, I, with some work, but it is overcomable. It most certainly is. God specializes in repairing us, moving us from brokenness to wholeness. And so you need to learn some skills. You're going to need to overcome some impulses. You're going to need to learn to stop listening to yourself and start speaking to yourself. Don't be led by your feelings. Be led by your faith and let your life be led by biblical facts, and increasingly you will overcome them. Now, will you ever be the social butterfly? Not necessarily. God makes us different. He just does. And and by the way, um, these, these, these medical terms like OCD, it, this isn't, this isn't a brain issue. This is what, what, Greg Gifford would call a mind issue. It's an inner person issue. And this is important. There there can indeed, we've recognized this for a long time in biblical counseling, there can indeed be biological, physiological reasons that your brain is doing certain things. But brain is not you. Brain is the physical mechanism that connects you, your mind, the inner person, the soul, the biblical term, the heart of you, to this physical existence. And so the even if there is an organic brain problem, you had a head injury, nevertheless, it's still a mind issue. And, and you say, 
what's the reason for making this distinction? Because there's hope. If it's your brain and it's miswired, well, then you then you're going to try to figure out a way to medicinally get it fixed. Okay, and I'm not suggesting that that's never the case or the need. But the vast majority of times, it's our mind. And this is so helpful because God specializes in doing what? Renewing our minds. And so if you've got what the world would call social anxieties or OCD or whatever it is, uh, well, they can be helpful monikers to be concise in our conversations. But just know that God fixes us and he'll do it for you. So exercise the basics. This is, this is something that I, I see so regularly, the need for, because it, it's, it's just becomes, it's so cliche. All right, kids, uh, tell me, uh, something with uh, two humps that drinks a lot of water. What do you call that? Um, Jesus, because that's what they're trained to kind of spew out. So you've, You've heard cliches, but there's truth behind these cliches because the Bible prescribes them. It's very simple. Read your Bible. Listen to preaching. Be in a local fellowship. Pray. Take the Lord's Supper. Witness baptisms. Commit to that. It. Okay, you want a cliche? Here it comes. You drive by the gym and suddenly you're fit as a fiddle. Now you can bench more. You've lost that ring around your middle. No, you have to go. And do you expect it to change this first day? Okay, the reality is we do, but it doesn't. And the same thing is true with your spiritual health. Commit to the regimen that God has prescribed, and increasingly he will make you whole. And you'll glorify him in doing so. Idea at wretched.org. All right. Well, this next question comes from Logan. Todd, there is a man that's being considered for music minister at my church, but he's been divorced. His wife, who said she was a believer, left him and divorced him. Given 1 Timothy 3, does this disqualify him from serving as elder? That would be one I would leave up to the local church. Mm. There's too many details. There's too many complications. Did uh, So I, I, it's always wise I would say for all of us, uh, seriously, for all of us, whether it is on social media or just one-on-one, be very slow to give marriage, remarriage, divorce advice. Perhaps she abandoned him. Well, okay, there can be grunts. Now, there, then you get into the debate of, does that mean, though, that, that he's disqualified because he's not a one-woman man? And then that's that's going to be a local church debate. And so in response to a direct question, here's what here, if you, if you don't mind me begging, not in an Alistair way, but begging the question, actually just setting it aside. One of these days we'll talk about marriage, remarriage and divorce, but I don't want to do it in response to an individual who might not hear everything. It's a shorter answer and it might be misapplied or you're in a similar situation and you're going to hear just a quick answer I don't think that it would be a blessing to anybody. Sorry. Idea at wretched.org. All right. Well, this next one comes from Philip. Uh, Todd, in our culture, it's common to see men going shirtless at the beach, pool, or when working outside. 
From a biblical standpoint, do you believe it's appropriate, especially considering the likely reaction both from Christians and the wider culture, if women were to do the same? Uh, well, uh, women are doing the same. Have you seen the bikinis that they're selling at the Target or the Walmart? It's like, um, I have more floss in my bathroom drawer than what is in that bathing suit. What in the world? Thank you, Pornhub. You've really done a bang-up job with our culture. Jimmy, we went to the pool the uh, other day. Uh-huh. We've got the community pool, and we went and... Uh, 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 what? <laughs> Didn't stay moms, long. Moms. Moms. Oh. And kids are around, and it's like, are you kidding me? I got to tell you, that was hard for me because I was going to play Karen. <laughs> really, I, it's like... I, I had about a thousand sinful things loaded in my brain that I refrained from uttering. But me, are you kidding me? All right. All of us, male feet. Now, the reason that historically men could be seen shirtless historically is because men are less, are more driven by visuals. And if they saw that, that would be a problem. Vice versa, typically, historically, Hasn't been a problem so much. However, having said that, we are influenced by our era. A, a man walking with his shirt in Victorian England with his shirt off, uh, uh, he'd cover up if ladies came around because it was more of a discreet culture and society. Uh, should, should we be doing that? I think both genders need to be mindful of others. We really do. So, sir, we're, we're always quick to say, hey, ladies, look, it's... You're not causing us to sin, but help us to not sin. These days, I think it's right to say, uh, and vice versa. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, you know, some say language is an art form. The state of Michigan, however, might soon be calling it a crime form. The House of Representatives in the state of Michigan recently passed a bill that labels hate speech as language causing mental anguish or distress. That's an interesting choice of words, but it's important to be reminded that the freedom to speak our mind politely and respectfully, of course, has been a cornerstone of our society. We can't just go around locking up people that we don't agree with. Well, in Italy, the top court has made a ruling that removed the names of lesbian partners from their children's birth certificates. And as you might can imagine, it's a ruling that has drummed up quite a bit of debate and a fair amount of criticism. Tradition versus change, biology versus choice, reality versus pretend. Yeah, it's kind of a balancing act, but it shouldn't be. The Australian government has been demanding that Elon Musk act against the spread of toxicity and hate on Twitter. The Australian government now the Twitter police. They're threatening Musk with a $475,000 per day fine if he does not stop users on Twitter from hurting the feelings of other people on Twitter. Yeah, just go back and listen to the first story for my comments on free speech. In Idaho, there's been a proposal for new curriculum standards for K-12 public schools. Some people think teachers should be able to discuss gender identity with their students to ensure their success in learning math. 
Some people believe that a teacher's ability to look at a child and ask them if they feel like a boy or a girl today will ensure that that child will be able to successfully add, subtract, multiply, and divide. It's such a noble concept, isn't it? But the reality is 2 plus 2 is always going to be 4. doesn't matter how you identify or feel today, tomorrow, next week, or next month. Math is math. All the rest of this stuff, harmful ideology. Well, several top Tennessee Republicans have received suspicious packages in the mail recently, allegedly sent by a group calling themselves the Gay Liberation Network. Now, there wasn't any kind of ticking clock or white powder in these packages, but they were instructions and letters on opposing certain bills. Not exactly gift wrap chocolates, but I think you might want to be careful how you send packages to politicians. A year ago, I don't think any pro-lifer would have realized the massive impact the overthrow of Roe versus Wade would have actually had on American culture. But over the last 12 months, we have seen a massive shift in availability and support. Today, post-Obs, abortion is largely unavailable in 14 states, with more states likely joining that bandwagon sometime over the next 12 months. And that's been your latest Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible Because God's people disobeyed, He sent them into exile. The book of Ezra tells us of Israel's return under Ezra's leadership and preaching, and how Israel underwent a period of intense reformation. When you experience divine chastisement, look to Ezra to see that God's discipline is meant for your restoration and reformation. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Well, this is interesting. This is Wretched Radio. We're scrolling through the feed, you know, zip, 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 looking for stuff to read. And I saw something really clever. As you know, we like to talk about MediShare here because it's affordable biblical health sharing. And I actually saw an ad from MediShare announcing themselves to missionaries. What? How smart is that? What a blessing that might be. If you're not familiar with MediShare, it's an alternative to traditional health insurance, which means it's alternatively less expensive. The average family saves about $500 per month. It's Christians sharing the health burdens of other Christians. It's a beautiful thing, whether you're a missionary or not. If in that is a need you have, I encourage you, metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a nice person who's going to pray for you. And they will tell you what your family can anticipate, and you can ask questions. 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Jimmy, what else was on the internet? What else? What do you mean? That was your segue. Oh, questions, comments, conundrums, and snarks. Do I have to? Are you Pavlov's dog? Uh, yes. yes. Apparently, <laughs> questions, comments, conundrums, snarks. Thank you. All right, so this next one comes from JT. Todd, what is worm? Do you shed? No. Well, actually, yes, I do. I do. I, hairs from my arm get on everybody's plates when we eat. Okay. That's a little bit too much. I know. I think I represent everybody in saying, <laughs> yeah, well, let's, why don't we just get to the, the questions, comments, conundrums, snarks. Todd, this is from JT. What is worm theology? It, it, is, it is correct if correctly understood. We're, we're, we're going to be doing 
a bit of a response to the Shiny Happy People docu-series that was on Netflix, I believe, on the Duggar family and studying Bill Gothard and what went so horribly wrong with that movement. And, and it seems to me that the mistake that was made was not being, well, I will say using the analogy of Scripture, being holistic in your understanding of truth, meaning that they, Bill Gothard took things that were true. Okay, but there's a little sneak peek what we're what we're preparing. We plan on doing this, releasing this next week. I gotta think it through a little bit more. But basically, authority. One of his seven pillars is authority. And you would go, Well, that's biblical, right? That's that's a bit but the application of it. If you merely accept authority is really crucial. This this okay. On the other side of this coin, parenting coin, you've got somebody like Ted Tripp who would say, really the exact same thing, the most important, the first thing that you should do as a parent is get your kid to submit. Okay, so look at, we're, we're starting from the same place, but now Ted brings in other Bible verses and what that authority is supposed to look like and what's supposed to motivate that submission. Oh, and we need to, represent God when we are discipling our children. It, it, it's more colored. When you take just one truth and then you can go anywhere with it if you don't use the rest of the Bible. So silly illustration. Jimmy, how much water are you drinking every day these days? Uh, about 80 to 100 ounces. Oof-ka. Yeah. Why are you doing that, Jimmy? Because it makes me feel good. Okay, then you're going to feel great. You need to drink 200 ounces. Okay. Drink it. Drink it. <laughs> and you start to go, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, water's good for you. Now drink 200 gallons of it. You'd go, um, you're taking a truth and you're not putting the brakes on it. That's why we need to be careful with any truth or theology, because there is a truth in worm theology. We're worms. <laughs> we're just the only value that we have is the value that is placed on us by God himself, our creator. If it weren't for God, what are we? We're a tiny bit of water, but when that evaporates, we're dust, we're powder, a couple of chemicals. We're worth nothing. We're like John F. Kennedy's footstool. That's right. I'll dust off this illustration. John F. Kennedy's footstool. How much would you pay for a used footstool from Larry down the street? Probably not a lot. I mean, feet going, I don't want to bring that into the house, but JFK's footstool. So somebody paid like $4 million for his ratchety footstool. Why? Why, why was that footstool valuable? Because people valued it. Without people valuing it, it has no value. You've done this in your house. You buy something, you use it. Now you have no use for it, and it's just taken up space. Then nobody else needs it either. So what is it worth? Nothing. You throw it in the garbage. That's us. Without God placing value on us, we are worms. Now, let's Bill Gothard that. <laughs> hey, Jimmy. Yes. Uh, tell me about the, oh, 
Tell me about the concert. You went to a concert. Who was it that you went to see? Oh, Brooks and Dunn. Brooks and Dunn. Yeah. What, did you enjoy yourself? Absolutely. No! What? You're a worm. <laughs> Worms don't enjoy them. You deserve nothing. <laughs> That's the problem with just focusing on one aspect. We are worms who are loved. We are worms. I'm going to get a little bit more gloppy here. We're worms that are treasured. Hold on. We are worms that are adored by the creator of the universe. We need to hold at least those two truths together. Otherwise, you will fall into a ditch of, I'm just, I'm just terrible and there's nothing good about me. And I just don't deserve an ounce of happiness. So I'm just going to sit in a corner and be a miserable worm. Don't take a truth and just put the pedal to the metal. Consider, you know, the rest of the Bible and send stuff to idea at wretched.org. All right, next comes from Chloe. Todd, I have been attending a church with my parents for two years and want to become a member, but my dad wants to wait until he's more certain about the church. Mm -hmm. I'm 20, living at home, mm. and ready to commit to this church regardless of their decision. Yeah. Any advice on how I handle this? To talk to your dad lovingly. And say, oh, Dad, I get it. I understand. You want to be cautious. I so get that. Um, I do, too. Uh, but it appears that my decision has already been made, and I, I'd like to join that church, and I believe that it's an act of obedience. And I just wanted to let you know that, that is, that's what I'd like to do. Um, do, you, do what you, Take your time, Pop. But I really want to be under the safety of the submission to elders because that's 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 a safe place for me. And so that would that would be my desire. You okay with that, Pop? And if you've got a dad who's going to church, um, most likely it's gonna work out okay. If it doesn't, I would encourage you then, you've been going to that church for a bit, talk to your elders, talk to your elders, and just and just ask them for their help to guide you through it because I don't know details. I don't know personalities. I don't know history. So you would need, I would serve you poorly by saying, well, then you need to do this with your dad and override that or no, I don't know what's going on. So I would serve you better by pointing you toward individuals who can get into the weeds with you and bring wisdom and some experience to help you do the most God honoring thing. Idea at wretched. Org. All right. Next is from Anonymous. Todd, I know it's always good to see the efforts of ministry sending Bibles to brothers and sisters in Christ in other countries, but usually it's just regular Bibles. So out of curiosity, why specifically the John MacArthur Study Bible? You set me up. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you write that question. No, no. Are you anonymous? I am not. No. Why? Because it's, it's helpful. They don't have libraries. They don't have stacks of books. Most most of us have even a pile of books. Yeah, I've been meaning to read those, but I just they they just don't have that luxury. So they don't have commentary sets. They don't have the same sort of resources that we do. So sending a, a study Bible, if you've got one and you use it, I was using it last night, uh, reading through Hosea, and also reading through the Book of Ruth because. I spend more time reading my Bible than you do. I'm just, I'm just stating the obvious. It's not because I think I'm super spiritual or nothing. 
which that's why, Jimmy, I take pictures of me doing it and post it on my Facebook page, which I don't actually it, have. Well, it doesn't count unless you do that. No. Reading the footnotes, it's like, okay, wait a second. This this name, what what does that name mean? It was a Hebrew name. And I oh, there it is right there. And then, oh, then it was the uh, tradition with Ruth sleeping at the foot of a man and uncovering his feet. I remembered what that tradition is. It was a way of a younger woman to say to an older man, um, if you want to marry me, I'm willing, <laughs> basically. And I just wanted to read about, like, where did that come from? Did other culture, was that a, a distinctly Jewish sort of tradition? There's my footnotes. That's why we want to send Bibles to the Philippines, the John MacArthur Study Bible, which you can do at wretched.org slash Bible, wretched.org slash Bible. Sure wish you would consider doing that. This is Wretched Radio. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision, and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Freel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, we can trust this ministry. Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry. 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-BIBLE. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. I was thinking about this earlier. Did you know that you're a bit like the Bereans in Acts 17? They were examining the scriptures daily. And look at you. Most of you are stocking up on our wretched resources like biblical ninjas. And we're grateful for your support. But I do have a question. Have you ever considered taking the theological journey that you're on to the next level by becoming an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel partner? Now, we know you love diving deep into the Word. So do we. But why not help us to share that life saving knowledge with millions all over the world. After all, you can't spell gospel without go, right? Yeah, that's an old one. But anyway, seriously, your monthly partnership would make a huge difference in helping us to create more content like Wretched Radio and TV, Road Trip to Truth, and Transform. We would love for you to pray about it and then join us in this adventure by visiting wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. 
Names of God Is Jesus God? One name given to God in Scripture is El Gibor, the Mighty God. One occurrence of this name stands out. In Isaiah chapter 9, El Gibor is the name given to the promised Messiah. Jesus is that promised Messiah. He is God incarnate. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. You got a phone? We've got a phone number. This is Wretched Radio. That's the number of the old toll free. It is standing by waiting for you to call. And leave a question, comment, conundrum, snark. Don't forget, try to edit yourself so Jimmy doesn't have to. He's like AI, only in the sense that he can make you say whatever he wants you to say. And you don't want that. Are you saying my intelligence is artificial? Um, <laughs> let me just push this button again. <laughs> I can't get out of this mess I've created for myself. I don't know how many times you might identify as male, so I'm refraining from using any kind of pronouns or identifiers that could convey respect but be misinterpreted as hate speech. Thank you. You're welcome. And handsome Jimmy Hicks. I have a question. What? what are your thoughts about using secular references for movies that we as Christians might not approve of? As an example, I'm thinking of like a joke that I might shout out to my kids, run for us, when that movie might have some stuff in there that I can't quite approve of. Um, as a second thought, keep on teaching and I'll keep listening. This is going to be a little bit gray because it depends on the movie. I have to confess, I, I'm pretty sure I went to see Forrest Gump, but I was so bored. Sorry, with all due respect to Tom Hanks. Uh, great actor. And then there was that cast. What was it called? Castaway with the oh, yeah. soccer ball. Yes. Oh, I felt like I was there with him, and I think that's what they were going for. But it wasn't like Lawrence of Arabia, where it was like, oh, I'm thirsty just watching them cross the desert. I just felt like I was stranded myself. And when I watched Forrest Gump, I can't even tell you. I know it's a guy. He was running around in the Jenny. He yeah. was after Jenny. Uh-huh. Right. You know, he should have just called 877. No. one eight seven seven one. Jenny, Jenny. Yeah. And I torn to 867-5309. Hey, oh, you remember that. ask me what I read in the Bible yesterday. <laughs> Fish, bing, ding. But 8675309, he should have just called her. Whatever the movie was about, I, there was sin in it, I presume. Um, interestingly enough, Jimmy, when was the Forrest Gump movie made? Uh, 94, 5. Right? Okay, I don't think I was saved. Hmm. I, was, I was a mock Christian at the time. And so any of the the sinful stuff, I I don't remember it because back then it didn't strike me as sinful. You get saved and all of a sudden you go to a movie and it's like, whoa, 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 I don't want to listen to this nonsense. Or you go back and watch a movie that you saw when you were a pagan. We did this. I always remember with the Poseidon Adventure, wanted the kids because I loved the movie when I was a kid. It was so cool. And Gene Hackman, kind of the hero priest or whatever his denomination was and Shelley Winters, and all of these actors. By the way, I do a killer impersonation of Shelley Winters in The Poseidon Adventure. You do? Oh, 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 you watch. She's swimming through the thing to get to the other side to lead the way for everybody else. 
and she has a heart attack and she's dying in the arms of her husband. And she looks at him and says, Manny, yeah. that was it. <laughs> she actually made a noise, which I, I don't know that you actually make when you expire. Manny, ah. thank you very much. Spot on. So I wanted the kids to see Shelly Winters, just so that I could say, see, your father's impersonation is spot on. I turned it off within minutes. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't remember the F-bombs being dropped all over. The it was PG because I wasn't saved at the time. So all that to say, it depends on the movie. It depends on the cultural acceptance of the reference. At this point, I don't think that anybody would hear you say, run, Forest, run. I think we've actually used that in a thumbnail. Like we've used an image of him in a thumbnail because I don't think that in this instance, again, gray area, anybody's going, ah, you're endorsing that sin that he or she committed in the movie. Now, could you step over that line by quoting a movie that was, okay, like something like real, like Scarface? Um, probably wouldn't, quite honestly, because I wouldn't even want, there was a movie too. I think I saw that when I was a pagan. I wouldn't want people to like be thinking a Christian endorses that. So, it takes some wisdom. It takes some discretion. But as long as you brought up the subject of quoting movies, there would be a place where I would say, unless it is widely known, keep it out of the pulpit. We don't need the movie references because tip it. Here's what happens. Okay. So this is when Peter's walking on the water, man, this is what it was like. Remember Forrest Gump? Okay, for those of you who didn't see it, it's the story. Tom Hanks, I think he won an Academy Award. Blah, 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 blah. You have to explain the whole thing so that we get the reference. Or if your reference needs that much splaining, find another reference. Furthermore, if, if a pastor would say, I'd like to share a lesson from Homer's Iliad or the Odyssey. Okay. I I could I could get that because it's learning how Odysseus responded to the siren song of those who were calling from the island. Now, okay, I'm down with that, but a movie, really? And typically, the movies these days they're so worldly. So all that to say, sir, some wisdom, some discretion, and if somebody. That you that you know who's a Christian goes, um, you know that phrase? I'm not sure you want to use that. I'd listen to that. Hey, hey brother, real Brad Zaxby's right now, and you were right. You've got two new Zaxbian converts. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, so? when, you've got editing skills. Uh -huh. There's there's a there were just two words in there. No, three words, I guess. You were right. If you could just grab those, okay. that would be just fine Time, by me. You were right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you starting a cult? Starting? I've been at it for years. <laughs> hey, Wretched. Is sovereignty essential for salvation? I had some grandparents who don't believe God sends people to hell. Is, did I, wait, I wanted to, let me. Hey, Wretched. Is sovereignty essential for sovereignty? Yes. Is sovereignty essential for salvation? Because they don't believe in God sending people to hell. Correct. Huh. I guess there's a link between sovereignty and damnation in that our sovereign God can do as he pleases. He always does that, which is just and right. And sending people to hell is precisely right. I'm not saying we should whistle. Oh, 
glorious. God's sending people to hell. But the more we think like God, the more we see sin as exceeding sinful, exceedingly sinful the way that he does, the more hell will be, yeah, it's terrible and we should never lose sight of that. And it should motivate us to go out there and preach the good news that will save them from hell. But we're going to get it. We're going to get it. We're going to be in heaven and know that hell is burning. And we're not going to be sad. So the doctrine of hell is is one that we need to understand uh, increasingly as we grow in our understanding of sin and how right and just it actually is. And God sovereignly decrees that people go there. They have, they have no means of finding entrance into his kingdom. Furthermore, you've got a justice issue. It's funny, we live in an era where everybody wants justice, but you talk about hell and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. God would never do anything like that. No, God must do something like that because he is just and he is loving and he loves righteousness. He loves truth. He loves everything that is good. Conversely, hates evil, hates it. And the more we do, the more right hell becomes. Do you need to believe in the doctrine of sovereignty? Well, I think the first thing to do would be to have a shared definition for sovereignty. I would make it something like God is in control, ordering every molecule in the universe. He's that sovereign. So if they don't quite fully grasp that or they have a lesser understanding, they per, let's say they perhaps, and I'm having to use my imagination here, sir, I'm sorry. But let's just say they believe that God put laws in motion and he kind of runs it through them. Well, that's true. But who's enforcing those laws? Who's, who's making all this work? And the answer is our sovereign God. So could they have a lesser understanding? Yeah, I, I, I think so. The reality is, I want to be careful with this because this is, this is what liberals say. Well, you know, none of us really have everything right, as if to say, then we don't have to have anything right. Wrong. We strive, but we, we have to recognize, okay, Here's one for you. Head coverings. Where do you stand on it? Jimmy, where do you stand at the moment on head coverings? Um, I, I, I guess I don't really have an opinion. Oh, you don't have an opinion? What? Yeah. Okay, so you're, you're then in the third camp. Yeah. You don't have an opinion. Mm -hmm. Now, a brother on your left says, no, don't need a brother on the right. And I'm not picking left and right here. Just need some descriptors says, yeah, there should be. This wasn't cultural. It is tied into the creation order. So, yeah, it should be. Okay. Somebody's got it wrong. Somebody's, somebody's biffing it. Probably two people, actually. So is only one of them going to heaven? No. So it depends. we got to be careful. There are essentials. You've got to have squared. We've got to have a correct understanding of God. All of us are deficient to a degree, so we must practice a wee little bit of caution before we damn somebody for having not as robust of an understanding as we do. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.